0: Welcome to our first episode of Often Wrong, Never in Doubt. Two guys talking about dad stuff, golf club life, wine, and anything else that tickles our fancy. We're excited about this first episode. We want to warn you, it's a little dated, about a month or so ago, and it runs a little long because we thought we were going to shoot it and cut it into three or four, but we're just going to release the raw recording for you guys. So if you stick it out to the end, we appreciate it. And we promise next time, It'll be a little shorter, but that's, uh, for now, what we're gonna do, we're just gonna release audio of us talking, and I hope you enjoy it. Often Wrong, Never in Doubt, episode one. So welcome to Often Wrong. Never in Doubt. And I'm Stephen Litman, this is-
1: Pratt Reed. So, Often Wrong, Never in Doubt, Let's dive right in. What does it mean, where'd it come from, why are we up in your barn <laughs> <That's> talking <good. laughs> about, and why am I painted as a ginger? Why <laughs> <laughs> Where did it come
0: from? The truth hurts, man. It'll set you free. That's. Uh, I'm still waiting. You on it can to see set that we spent a lot of money on this some is high
1: high value. High we appreciate you joining high dollar us because. Marketing.
0: Yeah. So often wrong, never in doubt is kind of a funny family motto.
1: Yeah.
0: Of the Reed family, and and it stems from really a competitiveness, yeah. but also just I would say kind of a, a passion in a conviction, being passionate about something and convicted about what you believe in. Even if, even if it's wrong. <laughs> wrong. Even if it's wrong. It's passed many generations. My grandfather's 98, still living. My grandmother, who was most competitive, passed away last year. But Oh, so this isn't your saying. This, this is, is generational. Is, I think I might have created the saying okay. to represent our family. But completely adopted. But it's, by it's been seen through four generations yeah. of family members all the way down, obviously, to my kids. So, so
1: Pratt and I are new friends. We... We're thinking about, you know, maybe we should do a podcast. It would be fun. What should we name it? And we've gone through many iterations of it. And one night we just decided, like, often wrong, never in doubt is fantastic. I think all of us can relate to it. We are often wrong, <laughs> but never in doubt. But man, do I know a lot of people that are
0: never in doubt, <laughs> myself included. So, and I think we've talked about this and the topics. What do you think? We're going to talk about things we know part yeah. of our life. We both are into golf. You're new into golf. I'm a little bit. Longer into golf. A little bit uh, longer in the tooth. <laughs> uh, we're into wine. Uh, we're both dads and yeah. married. So, dad life. Yeah. We both have our toes dipped in the real estate market. So, yeah. maybe there'll be some topics like that. We're going to do some segments on kind of our big wins or aha moments, or some people call them red pill moments. And I love then, those. Which I didn't talk to you ahead of the time, but. We are probably going to share, like, quote of the week. There's so many good quotes now. Yeah. Come out from memes people send me and clips. And they're accessible. They're great. They're and sent to us all the time. And so if you're wondering
1: what you tuned into, it's going to be everything. It's going to be life. It's going to be really talking about just the stuff we like to talk about. Hopefully it resonates with you, too. Pratt and I are new friends, so I think it's fun to have a new friendship come alive via a podcast and a YouTube channel and things like that, just exploring wine and golf and kids and, you know, we both love the Lord and I am so super impressed with your printing capabilities. Yes. No, you have
0: that in you, but. I chose, I mean, it took me a while to pick out this font. I mean, and you know what? I like it. You know what 400 plus size is? I mean, you know, I had to cut You maxed it out.
1: That's good. Yeah. This is almost like the old school banners that we had in school. Remember with the, what was the, the holes in the paper on the side? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. Well, let's do it. Let's get into episode yeah. one. What's today's date? Let's get this. Today's date is it's the seventh. The 7th it's seven seven, which yeah.
1: I mean, both are numbers of perfection, so and it makes sense that we're here. It's my lucky today. numbers
0: fourteen. That's weird. That so, is weird. Wow, here we go. Well, all right, let's go with episode one. Yeah. Often wrong, never in doubt. I love it. Cheers. Yeah. Salute. Hey, salute. We'll talk about the wine it. in a little bit. So, all right, let's pick a topic i'll give you a topic i'll give you a topic let's talk golf (laughs) okay we
1: played some golf this week we did it's 94 degrees and humid in south carolina Mm. which in new jersey i would have said we could play golf whenever we wanted three months out of the year yeah and it's always hot and humid so it didn't bother me that much but we played two great courses here in bluffton
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you got me out on the nicholas course at colton Colton River. river first
0: time which is my favorite course in the area.
1: Basically played from the tips, and I'm like a 37 <laughs> handicap, so thanks a bunch. <laughs> you gotta ex- you got to experience the whole course. It's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful courses I've ever laid eyes on, let alone played. So I do ask for forgiveness to the groundskeepers because <laughs> I took a lot of dirt and sod with me yesterday.
0: Well, you're new to golf. Yeah. And you're taking a lesson, and you're sharing that experience with your wife. We've been playing a lot of golf together. You yeah. went on my birthday trip to vegas and we almost died out there it was so hot but oh my goodness and when people are like it's a dry heat let me tell you it uh, doesn't matter it's hot it's (laughs) hot i've been around golf pretty much my whole life so it's interesting this will be fun to talk about um, our experiences because it's i have a depth and knowledge from experience that you are working towards yeah and so it's it's going to be fun to kind of a little bit of give and take here, you know, on It's this. amazing. So if,
1: you have, if you're new to golf, like the best piece of advice I can give to you, unsolicited of course, is find people that are way better at golf and play with them. I've been playing with amateurs for so long, like just everybody else is new to golf. So I'd go out and I'd play and everybody thinks they know what they're talking about. They don't. And you go out and you play three, four times a year and you're still terrible. <laughs> But if you get around other people like tennis, same thing with tennis, like if you play with somebody else that's better, you start to pick up on what they're doing
0: and you can start to emulate it. And their thought processes. And it's not just how to swing better, but just how to manage the game and how you think through shots and where the pin is. There's there's more to it than just being athletic and hitting the ball, which is important. It's a seriously mental game. What do you think, so interesting, you know, talk about that. What do you think... You're, what are you picking up on playing with better golfers? Play with me, yeah. And what are you like working on, or what did what was something this week that was aha for the golf?
1: Well, so my last two days of golf with you were suicidal. <laughs> I have played really good golf and really bad golf, but oh my goodness, this week was. Pratt had to bring me a dozen balls yesterday because I was basically out before we went to go out and play. It's a true story. Because I'd lost at least nine on the golf course, maybe nine on the front nine. It was pretty ugly. So he brought me some used golf balls that I was grateful for because I lost a bunch of those yesterday too. But I think just watching how people manage the game has been the biggest aha moment for me. Mm -hmm. Like every time yesterday that I hit, Where I was supposed to hit, that's not the club I grabbed. You were like, hey, you're going to want to be about this distance. You're going to want to hit it about 170, not the 235 to the green. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but no, you just grab the club that you're supposed to hit to get to the green, right? But course management has been a real big aha moment for me too. Because I used to just get out and hit the longest club that I thought I was supposed to hit to get as close to the pin as possible. And realizing that... You can get up and down for par a lot more if you're managing the course appropriately. Doesn't help when you lose a dozen balls in the water and have to take a bunch of drops, but that really has been an understanding for me because I played hockey, I played football, played tennis, and it's all aggression all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you go after it as hard as you can all the time. Golf is not like that. You can lay off Mm -hmm. and, like, you kind of have to check your ego a little bit to be like, no, it's not, it's not laying
0: off. It's managing the course properly. Yeah, it's funny. And I've played a lot of competitive golf and I've been very fortunate to play with a lot of tour pros. Yeah. And I have some buddies out there now. And we have, I think, one of the biggest faults of amateur, I think the two biggest faults. One, they believe they hit it farther than they do. Oh, I and they're definitely gonna, did, yeah. And hit, and hit it perfect every time. But the, the other fault is, they just think they're supposed to hit it close every time. I mean, if you start to look at some of the stats and there's some guys out there, I think Lou Stringer or something, but he's on Twitter and he does all this stats and you look at it and you say, okay, from 110 yards, pros hit it 22 feet. I'm disappointed if I don't hit it 10 feet, but the pros hit it 22 on average. So I think, and for reference, I'm a scratch golfer, so I feel like I should hit it pretty decent. Yeah. But I think unrealistic expectations on the golf course really, you know, are as counterintuitive to what you just talked about, the course management. So, and then you get. Well,
1: as in life,
0: (laughs) right? Poor expectations lead to
1: poor feelings about the result. But it's really when perception doesn't line up with reality, that's where frustration is born out of. So on the golf course, I just have to remember that, like, it's only my perception that I should be hitting it this far. So for those of you who might be new to golf too, understanding that, like, it's really helped me looking at some of the stats. you have pointed out a few times like, hey, there's only a certain percentage of people in the world that can hit that shot. And so I looked up and when Tiger was Tiger, right, and winning everything, he hit a green in regulation 75% of the time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Which is unheard of still. But that means that one out of every four shots, Mm -hmm. he missed the green. And he was top of the world, and he was the best of the best, yep.
0: of all time, right? I mean, there's no real right. I, I argument think, I, about think it. I saw the stat, and I'm going to mess it up, but I think average tour pro, it's like 62 percent green and regular green and regulation, so just over 50 percent. <laughs> so when there's I was eighteen, green, greens.
1: <laughs> I remember this, and I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. not nearly a pro, and these guys don't hit it that. Yeah. It's so there's so much more to the game of golf, and so why did I get into golf? One moved into a golf course community. There's a golf course in my backyard, which you know literally, intimately well.
0: Yeah, literally there is one.
1: <laughs> yes, it's gorgeous. I was like, well, if I'm gonna live here, I might as well learn how to play. So my wife and I are doing it now. And it really is a lifelong game. I mean, I see these guys who are 85 years old out there in the backyard, I'm having coffee, and they're- Beating you. Putting, uh, <laughs> beating me. I
0: mean, beating <laughs> snot out of me too. Forget it. Don't bring your checkbook. Trust me, they will- But it is you. so
1: cool to see this game that you can play Mm long-term and it's really such a social game. I mean, being an extreme extrovert, I would think that I would have found this game a long time ago because you have four hours with four guys Mm -hmm. or four girls and you're hanging out and you're talking about life. You're hitting good shots, you're hitting bad shots, but you're getting to know people. Like where else do you spend
0: four hours with three other people? Well, in the case of yesterday, there were five-some in front of us. So
1: there's That's true. They did jump a five-some did. on there,
0: um, <laughs> which
1: etiquette-wise, not supposed nah, to. Not, what nah. I'm learning. They did a
0: great job, though. They did a great job.
1: Brad does like to tell me when I'm doing things wrong, too, which is great because you need a friend that will tell you to your face that, hey, don't stand behind somebody when they're putting or driving. Like, I didn't know that. Well, no. I just want to see what they're doing, right? So this seems like a good vantage point. So don't do that. Don't step there's on a, people's lines when you're there's putting. There's a lot of etiquette. There's, there's a lot of
0: stuff that's new. You're getting better. Yeah, getting we're better. learning.
1: Look, it's uh, growth.
0: It is. So I had fun playing this week. It was 4th of July, and it's super hot. But another big thing was I'm really passionate about golf. And, you know, my kids, I have a 18-year-old daughter, 16-year-old son, who's actually right now playing in a tournament. In Myrtle Beach. And Which he he's played lights out yesterday. Did. He shot two under and is in second place in the player series for the South Carolina Junior. Meanwhile, so,
1: Brad and I were on the golf course yesterday. I'm shanking balls into <laughs> not people's houses, but definitely their yards. Oh, you
0: definitely hit a painter's truck or a house. I might have hit night. a painter
1: van. Yes, you did. And meanwhile, he's giving me the updates on his 16-year-old playing two under. Yeah. 14, 15 pars in a row. That's really cool. I and I hard. was like...
0: I am so bad at this game. <laughs> well, so the point of the passion is, man, we follow the PGA Tour and Ricky Fowler won this week. Yep. So for me, I loved playing with you. But the big golf news for me this week is that Ricky Fowler won. He's, he's come back, back. on top. He, he's come from the depths of despair with his swing, with his confidence. And how long has he been playing? I mean, on um, the tour. So, goodness gracious, I played against him. and oh, he tournament. actually is on the Belfair Yeah, wall. at Belfair. I think in 2007 or 8, he won the Players Amateur, and I played against him that year. I missed the cut. He won. He was okay. 17 years old, just graduated high school, about to go to college. So I think he's been on tour since probably 11 or 12, somewhere in there. So I'm also new to watching golf. When you start playing golf, you start watching golf.
1: I grew up, my dad was watching golf. I hated watching golf. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, Paint dry. Now that I mean, Grace and I will sit and actually watch PGA mm-hmm. golf now. Like, Kim does. Kim and our she's sitting there. She's
0: like, yeah. what a great shot! Like, I mean, are you yeah. sure she's not watching because Jordan Spieth is cute and some guys? I like, mean, that I dude. Mean,
1: there's some handsome men on the tour. My daughter no
0: thinks she's gonna marry Jordan Spieth, but I keep reminding her. Although, of- can you beat this physique? I mean, I know. A man golfers typically are taller and more slender, but let me explain something. A man that wears black on the golf course in a hundred degree heat. Is, I mean, literally there's nothing, but it, obviously it's physique. Comfortable. With yeah. Myself. Comfortable. Yeah.
1: So my point in saying that was watching golf has been interesting and new once you play the game, you can appreciate how hard it right. is to do what they do. And you're enamored by their shots. They, then you see what's happening. I'm like, I no. watch him shoot it from 120 and drop it in the cup. I'm just like, I'm jumping around. So Ricky, not only is he a great golfer and back on top this week, but I had no idea how funny
0: he was. He's a great guy. He's a strong believer. I and, didn't know that. Yeah, and married to a pole vaulter, University oh. of Oregon. Okay. Got some kids, but... We're sitting there. The there's player, a joke in there somewhere. There is. Yeah, and I no disrespect, Ricky. Of I course. hope you never see this, but it'd be awesome if you did. Yeah, of course. And but I watched him where he caddied. Yeah, yeah. He did Did you yeah. see this? Yeah, he, it was like uh, Richard Flower. Flower. Yeah, and he was stretching and doing. He's, he's like, saying, "Hey, mind if I hit one?" Have you seen? that? <laughs> do you have not seen the Golf Boys video where they dance? Seen the video uh, okay. where they're singing and dancing.
1: So anyway, R- Ricky
0: Fowler, Golf Boys. So, but it was right. Google this. Watch the video; it's amazing. But we're pumped as a family, right? Yeah, we're in the. We literally have it on the TVs. We've got guests in town for the Fourth of July. My kids and I were screaming, Ricky, they go to a playoff. He makes this putt against Adam Hadwin, which if you don't know who that is, it's the guy who got tackled a couple weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> at the Canadian media? Open. Yeah. He's going to celebrate with ah. his buddy, his security yeah. took him down. And by the way, his wife's humor <laughs> is a better Twitter follow. So okay. uh, Jessica Hadwin, I think is her name, she's hilarious. But so playoff with him and Ricky makes this putt and it's interesting, just he doesn't celebrate. He takes the deepest sigh ever and looks up. Yeah, which is awesome. But the funniest thing, and I love the internet. Okay, <laughs> the we internet, love your the internet continues to win. There's probably going to be a lot of movie quotes in this this relationship here because I speak in movie. Yes, um, me too. But the greatest post that I have seen is <laughs> when they're like, you, "We just realized what Ricky was looking up to," and he looks up and they show from Happy Gilmore <laughs> It's Chubbs Adam. Adams uh, no no I'm Abe Lincoln Abe Lincoln chubs <laughs> and the gator and they're just waving <laughs> he looks up, and it, I'm like that is perfect the internet wins 100% so
1: we closed a big deal recently and when we went out to Vegas Pratt gave me a shout out to putt buddies no sponsorships yet we're new but these guys make amazing divot repair tools and ball markers so my head cover is Chubbs <laughs> and happy gilmore it's all in the hips really funny on the back of it it says just ease in tension baby just ease in intention so pratt gives me a divot repair tool that is chubbs and the ball marker is magnetic to it and it's a chewed up chubbs hand it's the that's wooden hand memorable. it's
0: the wooden that's hand that comes amazing.
1: off it's the ball marker. i know that was, yep. i did stuff. not have to use it yesterday and that's a bad thing but yeah nonetheless i digress
0: well so as far as that was a big thing for me and then I don't know, you know, you're getting into watching golf, but we got the John Deere this week, which is okay. Um, there's some cool things about it. But next week is the Open Championship. So a lot of people will call it the British Open. If you're from Europe, it's offensive. They call it the Open or the Open Championship. You because know? if
1: you're here, you're from the United States. You think the U.S. Open. the U.S. Open exactly. the yeah. Open.
0: But it's, yeah, yeah so it's... At, I mean, American pride. So I get it. It's at Hoy Lake, I think. Which Tiger won there. Anyways, so one of my fun traditions because they're five or six hours ahead of us and they start coverage at two in the morning is to get up on thursday and friday morning is that this for thursday no next week next week yeah okay Next week. yeah because today is friday yeah coming up so i was told i have to come i think i think it's a rite of passage yeah learning how to swing a club we might even record the next one maybe do a in podcast. The morning after some Bangers and, <laughs> Bangers and mash, or whatever—bangers and mash, corned <laughs> beef and cabbage, yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> or blood is. pudding or whatever they. Gross. Spotting, have you been dick? to Dick yeah, Ireland? That's... Have you had? Oh, oh, I've been to Scotland, Ireland. Very fortunate. I've, I, I've made eight trips over there. And oh play, wow! And played golf.
1: So, so Grace and I, before kids, went to Ireland. Tangent, and we had to have blood ch- pudding. Oh, right? yeah. We were there. I don't know what it is. It was foul. I had a Guinness. Did you and had like and I had to order a secondary breakfast because the
0: traditional Irish breakfast that I got the brown bread could could hit you in the gut Mm -hmm. and the blood pudding too. Yeah. So in the Ireland's not known for its food. No, great people,
1: great people, amazing people. Great golf. So Grace's maiden name's Healy. My mom's maiden name's Powers. We met all of our cousins. (laughs) <laughs> when we're nice. in the southwest of Ireland. Nice. There's a golfer on tour right now named Seamus Powers. Seamus was from almost I- the from- name of my new puppy because I love that uh, name so much. Dude, that's hilarious. Right. <laughs> no offense to any of you. Seamus is Shamai? I don't know how the plural of okay. Seamus goes, but I think you're thinking almost. I'm going to go Shamai.
0: I think you're going all And point to the. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're not 100%. And so what else? Golf. And then we can move to a different topic. Anything? Man,
1: I mean, so much about golf. Like, first of all, if you don't play, go just go out and have some fun and play a scramble, go play a charity event, whatever. I always thought it was a very pretentious game. It's expensive to play, Mm -hmm. the clubs are expensive. But honestly, everybody I've met on the golf course has been really hospitable, gracious to play with, even though I'm not great. You know, I follow this guy, what's his name? Manolo. He's a pro. Is it Manolo? (laughs)
0: melinari
1: wait who are you talking about uh, francisco maniacs
0: oh no he's he he, 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 yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, you smacked it it. yeah
1: (laughs) anyway follow this guy he's really funny too and he just says look you suck at the game of golf just suck faster (laughs) so i've learned how to play fast you do play fast right like pick up when you need to pick up don't slow the people down that are in your group keep a rate of play reasonable And just go out and have fun. And there's nothing better than being able to turn your phone on silent and and sit in nature for four hours in some of the most beautiful, I mean, mm -hmm. golf architecture, we were talking about it yesterday.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There's so much thought that goes into this stuff. And I always wanted to live on a golf course because I thought it was so beautiful, but I never played golf. So Mm -hmm. literally bought a house on the golf course because of the aesthetic. And now I'm like,
0: let's go play too. Well, dude. We'll close this golf topic out with two things. One, let's talk about architecture for one minute. And just was interesting that I was able to share with you, our family has been involved in some golf course d- development yeah. in the area. And where we played yesterday, Carlton River, the Nicholas course, family was involved in that development, early 90s. But what's really people don't understand is that's a Jack Nicholas design. It's got tons of marsh, amazing par threes that you know have island greens. That can't be done again in America, which, yeah. you know, hey, we need to protect the waterways and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, but during the time, there was nothing oh my gosh. Well, I mean, stopping you from doing it. It was less buffers, right? And the some buffer for some of these tea boxes too wet probably like five feet, a couple feet. Now it's 100 feet. <laughs> so, that's where you got to appreciate what's designed in America. Some of older, and I know it's only 30 years, but, but Nicholas, it, it's also, it gets a lot of just a fun history. So Nicholas in the 80s got a lot of hate from golfers because he made the courses too hard. I mean, little mounds in the fairway, everything. And he just, you know, and so this was late 80s, 89, 90s, started I knew they were out to get me. Yeah. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) But he built two courses at the same time, the Nicholas course at Colton River, and then the Great Waters course in Rims Plantation on Lake Oconee, Georgia and they both have survived not only did they get best new course in america and top 100 i think some of them still are they've survived time 76 this year yeah so So. and he just he had softened it a little bit you can tell i mean you know you still can work the ball but the greens were a little more subtle he didn't have all the undulation in the fairways and it's just when i look at it people say pratt why do you love a course a certain way. And I talked about the Nicholas course. I'm 45. I love golf. So if I look at 65 years old, it would be a blessing if I was a five or six handicap still. I mean, you know, but if I had to play course that was so hard the rest of my life at 65 years old. Yeah. Or play that course that we played yesterday. I mean, you know, that's how I would define that. Yeah. You know, it's challenging, but it's rewarding and it's not too penal. <laughs> And then just the experience of the sand dunes and the marsh. And so I think that's why he gets so critically acclaimed there. Yeah, I mean,
1: he said that it was probably his best course design that he's ever
0: done. We might have paid for him to say that. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's on the website. Check it out. Oh, man. I was going to say something else about golf, but I can't forget.
1: So, I mean, I like the fact that I'm going to go take my nine-year-old daughter out and play from the advantage tees. And I'm going to work on my short game and build my confidence
0: back up after this. Really brutal week. Well, that's that's so. a good shift, right, Larry? You talk about your daughter. Let's another topic we want to talk about. Dad life. Dad life, man. Right? Because we're dads. Challenging, rewarding. So terrible, I, amazing. Currently, I'm a little ahead of you in yep. age, and also in my kids' age. I have an 18 year old daughter who's about to go to Clemson.
1: Yes. Yes. Go, go Tigers. Tigers.
0: A 16 year old son who's about to be a junior, and then my nine year old daughter. It was about to be in fourth grade and you your three kids
1: ages nine six three yeah so So you're two girls first so sadie and cadence are the same age which is amazing it's not how we met but i think it's how we really became friends was you know we're new to the area pratt said oh yeah you should come over and let the girls hang out i walk in the backyard and there's four or five other dads with four or five other of their daughters hanging out and I was just like, oh man, this is this is great. So one, I just appreciate the intentionality of it. It seems like a very small thing. It didn't seem like a big deal to you, but for me, it was a big deal to be able to meet local people here, to have the girls meet, because they were having a tough time making friends. But it was do or die, right? Like seven years old, if we stayed in New Jersey, we would have stayed there. Yeah. So I shared with Pratt our first lunch that we had was like, yeah, it's good. I love it here, but it's hard for the kids to make friends. We're homeschoolers, number one, so they're not getting exposed to that. So meeting Pratt helped me spend a lot more money by going to Hilton High Christian Academy. So yes. thank you. A great school, it's by the way. It's always good to spend just, money.
0: Oh, so good <laughs> for what they're getting. I we mean, have, We're very fortunate, I will say. South Carolina's not known for their School systems. Mm-hmm. But we are very fortunate. We're in the Bluffton, Hilton, Head area. We have... I don't know, four or five amazing private schools. Yeah. I mean, on the island and out here. And we you know, just happened to end up at Christian Academy. Kim and I both graduated from there, so we had some ties, but amazing schools. So our kids love it. They get to go to
1: school now. I mean, my daughter's on her way over here right now to come play with Sadie. So it's been—they
0: might actually be in the pool already.
1: They because. might be. We're just up here <laughs> talking to you guys, so, which is nobody.
0: You <laughs> have zero followers or fans yet. <laughs> so this is really one day. one day. So dad life. I'm gonna. You have made the decision. How am I say this properly? To add to the joy in your life by getting a puppy. That is the right way to put it.
1: Yeah. Somebody did not approach it with the decency that you did the other day. They asked me outside of the clubhouse if I was a glutton for punishment. There's truth in that too. There's some, but man, what a pendulum swing.
0: (laughs) Do you love what you can't accept perfect You're adding to the joy. (laughs) But, you know, I currently have a dog. Her name is Daisy. She's about 13 and a half years old. It will be our last dog because the kids are leaving and it's been a blessing and it's going to be super sad. But I love what you were telling me, and I want you to kind of expand on this a little bit about what you didn't realize with your kids taking ownership, teaching them how to teach. Yeah. Like, that was cool. So training
1: a dog, I always, like, Grace and I have had two dogs. Dog training was how I met my business partner. Travis, he was training that puppies. It's weird. And it's a weird I story. Know Trav- I know, yeah, I know, Travis. You know we, Travis. Let's explore that later. <laughs> yeah, we will. Okay. And so we've trained a Pitbull Lab Mix and then a Blue Nose Pitbull that we adopted at eight months. So we know how to train dogs. We're very intentional about it. I think it's important to have a dog that listens to you instead of, you know, jumping on kids and stuff like that that could potentially hurt them. That being said, I was like, man, we get this puppy. Now we get to train it into what we want it to be. Training a dog is easy. Training your kids how to train a dog. There you go. What a different level of patience that is required to get the timing right for the five-year-old or the six-year-old to praise the dog or correct the dog when they're doing stuff right and wrong. So now she's looking at me. The dog's looking at her. And it's been this really interesting last – it's only been two weeks, but it's been a really interesting two weeks with this puppy because we're seeing – some real maturity come out of the kids, yeah. some real ownership coming out of them, some pouting, like, mm-hmm. no, you don't want to go pick up poop. But remember, we talked about it before we brought Bear I'm home. Gonna circle back on that one real fast. So. <laughs> and it was like, you know, you said yes, let's mm-hmm. let your yes
0: be yes. And you, I'm sorry, but it's, you know, you got to clean this up. That's cool. And I've been able to witness a little bit. I was over there last night. We had yeah. dinner. Great grill. Thank you. So let's talk about this pick up the poop thing. Cause I'm where well, this is definitely now we're in the realm of the often wrong, never and doubt. Okay. Yeah. So there are things that I feel very, very passionate and convicted about. Okay. I do not pick up dog poop. Okay. Yeah. And and I have many, many stories when we've gone on hurricane evacuations to Florida and I've stayed in a condo and had my dog poop in the common area. And, you know, it's almost like they call the police, but my point is...
1: <laughs> you didn't pick it up there. I know.
0: No. <laughs> but he, So I, I got a couple so of points good. about Wait, I got a couple of so points good. about this, okay? There are, in our neighborhood, uh-huh. deer. Well, rabbits, coyotes, all kinds of stuff that poop in the wild. Horses. Well, this is even better. We're going to get to that. <laughs> That's my favorite. So I'm not saying, you know, we're not, we're not pooping on someone else's yard. I do okay. understand the common road area, but no one really walks in the grass. So, but I just, I've said no. And I've said no. Well, and, and part of my background has been managing POAs and I love POAs. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and, and it became a source of contention where they started, you know, throwing out, hey, we're gonna do $500 fines if you don't pick up your dog poop. And the humor in that <laughs> is twofold. One, we're now gonna, how do you police that? We have no security. We have who no is p- policing so, that? So, so are we are we running DNA test? Is my neighbor reporting me? And yeah, yeah yes, it, you that's are. Gr- that's so, really what it so is. So now is it's that, hey,
1: Joan didn't pick up.
0: And now it's her word this versus dog mine. poop. Yeah, and is that building community? No, this is so. But the other comical is we're we live in an equestrian community. Oh my goodness! Now I'm not a horse person. No offense, to anybody that is, but these horses go down our street. And they drop loads. I mean, the size of bucket. Children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's and there's no one cleaning that up, and they're not required to. And that is in the street where you jog, where my car drives, <laughs> right? I mean, we walk. Got those mud flaps? Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Literally. <better. laughs> Yet they're worried about like someone shitzo sh- sh- No, you know. no zooing. Yeah, shih tzuing. Right. <laughs> so the, it's just comical. So I've chosen to take a stance not to pick up poop. Yeah. And I've
1: never done it. Look, I and agree with this. The problem that I have is the dog poops on the front yard. I have a circular driveway. Mm. It's going to get wet. It's going to get mowed. It's mm-hmm. going to get thrown on my car. Oh, see, it's there, there you go. I mean, if I never had to, I mean, also, I want to be able to play in the yard and run barefoot in the yard and stuff and not slip and fall. I think there's probably
0: more fear of you walking barefoot on a golf course
1: probably chemical
0: i'm just i mean this is natural this is a dog we're talking about your dog (laughs) and it it is your dog your dog (laughs) that's a movie quote if you guys
1: watch movies and are into movie quotes definitely continue to subscribe to this podcast because you're gonna hear a lot of them my wife thought i was a genius for maybe the first nine months of dating until i started
0: making her watch the movies that i was quoting and she was like oh you're just dropping movie quotes all the time stealing the quotes yeah that one's from road trip that is there's What's your favorite quote from Road Trip? My yeah. favorite quote. Let's go with that. Okay, from Road Trip. So we're gonna have to talk about the wine here in a second. We are gonna have to talk about. This. So my favorite quote. Let me top you off here, thanks, bit, sir, buddy. Is when they decide to take a shortcut and they get lost or get up to the thing that doesn't have the you know the bridge. Yeah. And the guy's like, <laughs> I thought you told me this was a shortcut. <laughs> and he looked at him as this is the genius, mm-hmm. and it's like it's supposed to be hard, or else it would be called the way. Like, let that sink in. so good. Right, it's so good. Like they were figuring out a shortcut, it's supposed to be hard, or else it's called the way. I thought this is what we were gonna do. Yeah, Yeah. so I love that. I mean, there's a lot of great quotes in that. There's a lot
1: of like potty humor in it,
0: Yeah. right? Like some- Well, it's got Tom Green. But then you drop some-
1: You got Tom Green in there Philosophical knowledge. Yeah. Right? I mean, what a great lesson for the kids that we're going to teach. It's like, hey, if it's hard, that's good.
0: So wait, wait, we're going to talk about dogs for a second. So this scene where they go and I think they steal the school bus for the for the kids of the blind, blind school. The blind school, yeah. and. They do. <laughs> and he goes to feed the dog a treat. And she's like, please don't feed him a treat. <laughs> He's like in front of her. He doesn't know she can see. And she gives him the, oh, so good. Okay, we digress. Oh, we do. We do. So anyway, yeah. the, the
1: puppy was, I think, a good move. It's teaching them responsibility. It's teaching the kids yeah. how to train. It's making them more responsible. And I grew up with a dog. I mean, yeah. I think you're either dog people or you aren't. If you are, you grew up with a childhood dog. You remember that dog. It means a lot to you. And the, these kids, I mean, Harper got in the car after we went to go visit the dog, before we made mm. a decision on the dog. She buckles up. She looks at me. And this is when I was done, by the way. She goes, I want that dog. I love it. In my life forever. forever. I never want to leave it. And I was just uh, like, I looked at my wife. We got to get the well, dog. Clearly, we're getting a dog now. Yeah. So it's been an interesting
0: couple of weeks, but we love that dog. It's awesome. You've done a good job. I was playing with last night. So you, uh, you fu- I'm sorry, you, we're going to talk one more movie quote, which is one of a thousand we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. So you just said to me, you're either dog person or not. Right. So <laughs> I don't, we haven't talked about this. No. So this could be, have you ever seen the movie, What About Bob with Bill Murray? Oh, yeah. Okay. So in his doctor's office, he asked him why, you know, they got divorced. And he goes, well, it's pretty simple. There's two kinds of people in this world. Those that like Neil Diamond, those that don't. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Leo Marvin yep. says, so you're telling me with all your neuroses, <laughs> all your idiosyncrasies, all, you know, Asperger's, whatever he has, the reason your wife left you is Neil because Diamond. she doesn't like Neil Diamond. And he goes, oh, 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 and gets on the ground. But like... <laughs> it's pretty simple. There's only two kinds of people in this world.
1: So, Neil diamond
0: or not. Neil Diamond or not. So, if so. you
1: have you seen the YouTube video of dog versus cat? It's a human being acting as a dog and a human being acting as a cat. I haven't. It's
0: amazing. I can imagine that. So, cuz the cat, you know,
1: you come home, yeah. The dog runs and gives you yeah. an embrace. Yeah. The dog's playing fetch. It's doing the mm-hmm. stuff that you want it to do. Right? The cat is just a jerk. Oh yeah, and just comes over just and swipes him. everything off the table and leaves, like you're leaving the room and just eyeballing you.
0: I'm not. I gotta tell you, I'm not a cat fan, and we might should talk about this another time because we have, we have. A we co- still have more co- topics to cover. We have a colony so, of cats at my office, and I've got, <laughs> a, I've got a.
1: It's no, this a, is an episode in and of itself. We're, we're bringing gonna, the costumes. We're doing the whole thing.
0: Oh, John, the that,
1: story is. Just please t- continue to tune in. I was. Crying, laughing, listening to this story. Oh. <laughs> Colony of cats at the office. <laughs>
0: well, let's let's talk about, so what well, we said down life, see what's going on with me with my, we've got a son playing golf right now, in yep. tournament. I'm curious how he's doing, but it's been interesting watching him mature through, golf is such a challenging mental, physical, all kinds of stuff, but it's it provides a lot of great, if you're intentional, great opportunities Conversation, you know, because it's like no other sport. I mean, look, the bowling lane stays the same, the tennis stays the same, the, you know, the baseball diamond stays the same. In golf, the weather changes, the golf course changes, the lie changes. I mean, every day is everything. There's there's nothing, there's nothing the same. Yeah. I mean, really. So, but it's been great. And we've had some good talks this week because he's had a little slump. Yeah. So there's a lot of, joy and excitement in our family because he's playing well right yeah. now. Yeah, and you know um,
1: it was bad because I walked in on 4th of July and he was like, even you could beat me right now.
0: I was like, <laughs> I'm
1: so- Are you Resemble this yeah. ma- remark,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh. I was like, should I be offended by that or does he just know me and that's okay? We had a big dad moment and I won't embarrass him and go into it too deep, but we had some friends come in town that played in college. They're in their 20s, they're still great players. I asked him to play. So we've got me, good player, these two great players and 16-year-old. And he didn't do too well and didn't behave properly on sure. the course yeah. on Saturday. And so we had a, a little heart heart and it was impromptu. I thought about it, but it was a little impromptu. But one thing that was really neat for me is I was talking to him about the joy I saw six weeks ago mm. when he was playing well versus his attitude now and how he's treating people and even the game, a little bit disrespectful. But, and, you know, that I can't fix that for him. Just, he's got to dive into that a little bit. And what was he feeling? I mean, they, his team, the Christian Academy, 3A, won the state championship this year. And JP played in the third position, which is huge for him. If you don't understand golf, there's first, second, third, fourth, fifth. They normally take the top four scores he played the third position but the first day shot two hundred which he'd never done in a tournament the next day he didn't play as well but on the 10th tee they were trying to speed up a little bit and he by accident teed off on the wrong tee Mm. ends up being a penalty he's making a double bogey and you know he's walking to the 11th tee and he looks at me and he's like don't worry dad he's like i'm not gonna let that get me down Nice. And he goes and makes three birdies in a row. Wow. And that mentality, that joy, that drive, I hadn't seen in him. Mm. And I just reminded him of that. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's why he's playing good this week. I mean, it's such a good life lesson. Mm. Cause like, even
1: as business owners, right? Mm. So you're treating the game differently. You're treating the, like, because you're not, because it's not going well. I mean, we do the same thing in business. I see people treat people poorly, customers poorly, clients poorly. Because there's other stuff going on. Worse yet, I see people treat yeah. business owners treat their spouses poorly because
0: things aren't going well at work, right? So like that little it, come from, it can come from a value system. Life, life lesson to, comes from you start to value something a little higher than you should. Yeah, maybe right? not an idol, maybe not a god, but you look at identity through it. You well, know. it's like where does
1: joy come from? Right. Right. Happiness is an emotion, but joy can be constant. Yeah. Right. We always talk about the joy of the Lord with the kids. Like, mm-hmm. The kids know. That their joy is not based on circumstance. Yeah. Their joy is theirs to keep forever. Emotions will be the roller coaster ride. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, I still had a blast yesterday. Yeah. Right? I played awful golf. Oh, really bad. Really bad. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad. But I was still like, yeah. you know what? Will it prevent me from playing again? Or was I like down in the dumps and not having a good time? No. It translates to all these
0: different areas of life, too. So I think it's a great. I think joy, Lesson. there's spiritual aspect to this, but an attitude of gratitude yeah, is a joyful spirit. Yeah. And there's gratitude for grace and salvation, and there's gratitude for circumstances, and there's gratitude for opportunity and privilege. So I think an attitude of gratitude, when my kids are acting selfish, yeah. when I'm acting selfish, yeah. I, uh, there's not a lot of joy in my life because I'm putting... I'm defining what I need, or what they defining what they need to create happiness. You know, versus the blessings we have, and we're blessed. I mean, and yeah, beyond measure. Yeah,
1: and being grateful. Like a great quote, my father-in-law used to say from the pulpit was, "You can't be angry and grateful at the same time." There's no chance. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, doesn't. So you get to choose. You know, I tell my kids, you get to choose your attitude, like you choose your clothes every day. No. You get to choose what you put on. Oh, absolutely, that's good. And those are hopefully things that will stick with them. You have to pound it into them a little bit. But well, so uh, before we leave dad life, though, if okay. I could, you have a daughter going to college, moving out. Mm. Eighteen years of yeah, that's probably going to be a dad, that's and probably now, in
0: the upcoming episodes. That'll probably be more relevant as we're when moving. she's like yeah, we're moving yeah, her in packing and, and we're unpacking. Yeah. yeah, but I do. Yeah, moving out has been a lot to think about, and it's. I've handled it up to this point pretty well, well compared yep. to my wife. But yeah. it's—I think—a mother and a father's, especially if a father-daughter relationship. And she's the firstborn, and we're a lot of like, I'm going to definitely be sad. Yeah, which will be evident. But when, excited. Fever, but I'm excited. Like,
1: excited for. Yeah, it's
0: weird. It's a dichotomy excited, of like Don't really, leave, and also go be yeah. free bird. <laughs> really excited for like we as parents and as fathers, we you prepare them. Right? And then it's like, okay, they're getting this chance. And yeah. and she's proven herself in so many ways in different areas. But the Benham brothers, yep, friends of yours, acquaintances of mine, getting to know these guys, they have talked about the stages of parenting mm. from, from, you know, birth is basically your babysitting. And then the <laughs> toddler stage is your refereeing. <laughs> then there's a crossover in the toddler to, to go to coaching. And that coaching lasts... Until adulthood and uh, maturity, mm. but it was really neat to see Shelby her senior year. She's still in the authority of our house. She turned eighteen in February. She still, you know, has a cell phone that's on our plan, right? And yeah. so she still doesn't pay rent. But for me, as her father, shifting into a teammate role, mm. we're moving from coaching to hey, we're on the same team. Yeah and i've coached you up now i'm entrusting that you're gonna take the ball and execute the way we want she knows that she can always still come to me for coaching of course but the conversation and the leadership father has been different having her as a teammate yeah so and i can't take credit for those stages The benham's taught me that stage but no it's cool it's but i also have a nine-year-old so you know, so I'm, I'm in coaching mode and it's a little bit refereeing still. Referee still <laughs> yeah, <Exactly. for> sure. <laughs> I mean, we had, we just left a pouty situation because <laughs> yeah, expectations were not met. Yeah. Right. I mean, but anyways, so yeah, that's, what's going on with me in the dad life. It's um,
1: super fun. I, Grace's parents always used to say like, Hey, remember who you represent yeah. when they left the house. And it's good for me to think about that. Now, even more so with yep. you going to college. like, yep. And they don't mean them, by the way. They don't mean yep. the family. They mean God. Like, hey, yep. are you representing,
0: you know, are you being the thermostat instead of the thermometer? Yep. And we, it's funny in the mornings, the kids go to school, you know, we have sayings like, go forth and be awesome. And don't forget, you represent Christ in the Reed name. Not that the Reed name's anything, it's just that you're a reflection on the family. No, it means something. The family. I mean, and, and God even says it means something. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we take forward. Yeah, you know, um, and you only get so, one. Yeah, I had a business
1: partner one time where their attorneys calculated interest wrong on a loan that we took, it was a short term loan for like four million bucks on a quick three hundred and thirty units that we were doing. Bought it, sold it, flipped it, made this guy some cash on it, and I was like, "This isn't right." Both the attorneys signed off on it, and he was like, "What do you mean?" We were out to dinner one night, and I was like, Just "Back of the napkin math, right? Mm-hmm. This is what it is." And he's like, "You're right. That's wrong. We shorted him almost a hundred grand," and. My attorney said they've already signed off on it. They, mm. You're fine. Mm. So now I had to do two things. One, I had to pony up an extra hundred K for the investor, mm. right? Because that was right. And I had to fire the attorney. Yeah. And when I fired the attorney, the client was like, "Well, why'd you do that?" And I was like, "Look, man, we only get one name. Yeah. And hopefully that gets passed on to the yeah. kids
0: too, because you only get one. So. And we're not perfect, but oh, having from that, it. having that as a goal is is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. Set a barometer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Set
1: the foundation. Go after it. Well, cool. let's do this. More parenting advice to come. Oh, I don't, And advice I mean from mistakes. you to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I need a lot more well, of that. To go to the wine segment, first of all, we should cheers. Mm. Cheers that we're parents. Cheers that we, you know, have the opportunity to have Can kids. play golf. Exactly. Kids. I mean, sitting up. So amazing sign. One thing is I love wine. You're getting into it. Yeah. And so... I think what we've discussed is we're going to have a, a probably a new wine. Yeah. In each so podcast. instead of the
1: who are we wearing, it's going to be it's what probably, are we drinking? That's probably. But I yeah. do have some
0: sick drip. I mean, maybe we you have to talk about have wine. You do have some drippy. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you the know. The kid. <laughs> <laughs> but me. wine. So it's summer. Yep. And let me tell you about this wine. Okay. Okay. And then I want to get your take. So this is a rosé, okay, from France. I can't say the name. It goes by H&B, okay. even though I've taken four years of French. But it's from the Côte de Provence it's region. It's from Provence. Provence. Mm-hmm. So really interesting. Côte meaning
1: coast for those Côte, of you yes. non-French speaking. That's
0: right. Appellation Côte de Provence Control. Okay. So a couple interesting things about that, the Provence region. And they only allow 13 varietals of grapes to be grown there. Now, what people don't know about wine is there are twenty four hundred different types of wine grapes in the world. You didn't know that. Look I didn't there. know that. There you go. So this—that's so a lot of grapes. It is. But so this area, the Provence area, they make great rosé, and there's only thirteen grapes that they can choose from. This happens to have a blend of three. I'm probably not going to say I'm right. I know there's a Grenache in here. There is a Syrah and a Vermintorino. Yes, so we got 60% Grenache, Sinsol, 35% and Vim if I'm saying that wrong. And that's the- 5%. So That's the blend.
1: Real quick, who dictated that only 13 grapes could be grown in Provence? Is so it like the have, Department of Agriculture? I, that's or a like good question.
0: Uh, I know that other countries have other rules. Yeah. I'm not gonna poo poo America, but we're allowed to put a lot more things on our labels that are Questionable. Oh no doubt. Yeah, even on the food side. Yeah, but and the there's... wine side. I mean, you know, they're very strict in in Italy and France and some other places. So okay. um, that's why you'll see me drink a little bit more of. You know, I love American wine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it. I like a little bit of self discipline in their wine, and so I love it. But
1: I, one of our goals in life would be to take the entire Cote d'Azur on a riverboat. Oh. I think it's forty state rooms. And bikes. Oh. And you go down at like 25 miles per hour, you cruise down Not the Cote around, you 25 stop. 25
0: miles per hour on a bike?
1: No, no, in the boat. Oh, so I'm like saying drinking wine chilling. on a bike. 20.
0: It doesn't sound like that's a
1: recipe for. But you stop at all these different places all the way down the oh. coast. You mm-hmm. ride your bike in, mm-hmm. and they do a family vineyard that cooks yep. for you. You go in, you sit, and it's like just 40 of you. Yeah. And you're sitting at this local vineyard drinking their wine that they are currently making eating it. in their house with their family bread like mm. i think it's you could do a 7 14 or 21 day trip i mean that should be some bucket list items
0: Whew. for us to go you give me something to research now so get on it. a boat and go do these I've river seen boat the other tours. stuff there's some really cool well, stuff i'll get i've seen some of those river cruises especially in germany through some of the those areas but all right let's talk about this okay yeah so broad spectrum before you taste it this area, this the Provence, they're always known for what I would call red berry style and tends to have a little bit of tree fruit in it. That's, mm-hmm. You know, they are always aromatic. Yep. So I've tasted this. We've been drinking this. So I have my opinions and we can talk about that. Yeah. But, but so let's see what you think. Well, I mean, right off the bat. Yeah.
1: Little fruit forward, not oppressive. I mean, I've, I've tasted some like really sweet. Rosés, this is not. No. Very drinkable, great summer wine. Yeah, well, we're in the summer. Makes sense. I, don't, summer. I think
0: this is medium the road, where between light and bold. Yeah. I definitely think it's on the dry side. I'll tell you about my the smelling notes, but it has some acidity. I love dry and acidic. I don't like anything too sweet, yeah. especially you know in a white. I don't drink a lot of whites or rosés, but it's so hot right now. Something chilled down is amazing. Yeah. What do you smell in it? Hmm. It's very aromatic. Very. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming through. Mm. Little apple. Mm Hmm. Yep. I love, uh, I saw a movie the other night. It's not really that funny. Great. I can't even remember what it is, but these women take a, some kind of trip, 50 year old birthday trip to Napa and they go to a tasting and the guy's like, tell me what you taste. There's no wrong answers. Yeah. And one (laughs) of them's like apple, the other one goes. The other one goes jasmine. He goes nope. <laughs> no wrong No answer. wrong answers. Nope. Nope. <laughs> There's definitely like green apple in it. A little bit of citrus, lemon. The red berry fruits. So when we talk about red berry f- fruits, like strawberries, strawberry raspberry. Yeah. So mm. I think that's heavy on the strawberry. Yeah. But not in a sweet way. It's interesting though because.
1: You know, you just miss stuff until somebody says it. You're like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. do taste that." That's what I love about wine is mm. you can taste the things and smell the things. That you, but then somebody else will bring something up, and you go, "Oh
0: yeah, maybe mm-hmm. there is a little bit of pear in there." Yep. Right? Like maybe there is. I think there's a little bit of there's some citrus. It's probably like a lemon or lemon grass, like something lemon. But again, the dry acidity for me. You know, the cool thing about this is you can find it at your local store. Yeah. I don't know about a grocery store, but probably a wine store. It's not that expensive, I think it retails $19.95. Oh, it's awesome. For a rosé, a French imported rosé. Yeah. I mean, if you want to impress somebody, bring a French rosé to a summer party. That's it. And, because they normally- Watermelon salad? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Little H&B rosé. It just has a different mouthfeel and taste than an American rosé or a sweet wine. A lot of people are not used to that dryness in this city, but it goes so well. Especially, I mean, you're talking about, you have a a salad that has, you know, lemon or citrus vinaigrette and all the stuff that acidity does really well. Yep. So,
1: side note, almost, right, you wanted to name this podcast The Smiling Grape. Oh, I did. Initially. Yeah,
0: I did. But that's probably going to be an offshoot of- Well, I
1: think it's great because now we get to do the, you know, we're tasting the grapes. You know, we're talking about all the different life perspectives too, but I- put myself through college by working full-time at a very high-end restaurant. So every Tuesdays, they'd have a sommelier come Ruby in. Ruby Tuesdays? Is that what you said? High it wasn't end Ruby rest- Tuesdays. <laughs> it was every Tuesdays we did tastings though. <laughs> very high-end, very classy joints. Very high-end. Outback Steakhouse, you might have heard of it. Yeah. No, so... um James Beard award winning chef. I didn't know anything about food. I grew up in a household that was literally spaghetti and meatballs and like my mom would cook stuff. We didn't, never went to a fancy restaurant. If we went out it was to like the local type of restaurant. This guy's a James Beard award winning chef. He's from Jersey so he takes a liking to me in Boston and bring up pork roll and he'd make quail eggs and pork roll omelets oh. after everybody left. It's crazy. And then Tuesdays we'd have sommelier day. Yeah. We were 18, 19 years old so we were like, okay, we can have a drink because we're yeah. training. But it was amazing to hear them come in. And they I think my favorite still to this day was a place called Quintessa, right? I yeah, think Quintessa. you know the Quintessa. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They only make a couple like 100 or 1,000 bottles a year. Mm-hmm. It's a very small vineyard out of California. I think there's we a, got one in Vegas. Remember, I got a Quintessa we one We did. Night. Yeah, that's um, right. And we had this taste. And I was like, man, this is such a good wine. It was the first time that I thought wine was good. I think mm-hmm. when you're younger... You don't have the palate for it. You don't know what you're tasting, but having a sommelier stand in front of you and tell you about the story, the mm. family story, how many years they, how many times they almost lost
0: the crop, like just the yeah. struggles and like what goes into a bottle and wine. the terra and the firma, like the the climate that year and it's yeah. a living thing. What people don't understand and why I love wine is you can buy a case of wine from the same year and a bottle tastes different. Yeah. But obviously every year it tastes different. Right. you're like, it's the same grapes. Yeah. It's just, they're so. Well, and then people start talking about, oh, it was a rainy year that
1: year, or it was a dry year that year, so it's more punchy or it's more bold. And so anyway, I like wine because of the stories that come out of it. Love it. And like sitting here just talking about what it pairs with and why do we like it? And oh, you can get a bottle for 20 Mm -hmm. bucks. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go and spend, and I have waited on people when I was a waiter that spent $3,000 on a bottle of wine. I was shaking as I was trying to uncork this thing because I was like, you know, last thing you want to do is strain a $3,000 bottle of wine to get the cork out. So it's just, it's such a fun thing to taste and to talk about and to, and like, I was never into it until this moment.
0: And I was like, oh. Yeah, well, I
1: guess I think wine is pretty cool.
0: To your point about just even the research and the and the stories, which I have many stories about wine in yeah. the families. But did you ever watch the movie Som? No, Psalm? I have not. Okay. So you need to watch it. The only
1: wine movie I've ever watched was that ridiculous one with- um, Which is Sideways? Sideways.
0: No. So Bottle Shock is- I am if you not
1: have... drinking Merlot. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so Bottle Shock is, is a story, true story, about Mr. Gergich. Okay who won the French prestigious award with an American white. It was a Fumé Blanc. No. I was under the Chateau Montalina label, but he broke off and started his own Gurgach Hills in Napa. Kim and I were very fortunate to go in 2000 and I can't remember, four or so and do a a uh, tasting at Gergich Hills and his Fumé Blanc which a lot of people don't know, is the same grape as a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. But it is, and I think it was top 100 wine in the world, 2005 vineyard. But go back, if you hadn't seen that story, it's a true story. Bottle Shock. It's called Bottle Shock. Okay. But the story I'm about to tell you is a documentary called Psalm, and there's a Psalm 2. Mm-hmm. Psalm 1, it's about these guys trying to get their master psalm in yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, but Psalm 2, yeah. and I'm just gonna go right to this story. When you talk about stories, they're over And they're doing, in Germany, and and they go to this family vineyard, and they're tasting Riesling. Okay. And it's the most famous Riesling in the world. And I'm going to mess up the year, but I think it's 1963. So they have this cellar, and it's the one that was the perfect wine. Mm. And he's third, fourth generation, and they're filming. And you talk about the story, right? They're filming. And they're just out in the countryside. I mean, stone walls. It's just looks like Germany, right? Yeah, like old world and, Germany. And they're talking to this the vineyard owner and they're talking about, what are you searching for? What are you going after? Mm. And he goes, the perfect wine, it's 1963, the perfect wine. And he's like, well, can you tell us about it? And he goes and he looks at his, I think 14 or 15 year old son is standing next to him. Mm. Whatever his name is, I'm gonna mess it up. But he goes, go get a bottle. And I think there's only six or seven left in the world. And they have them. Yeah. And so he talks while he goes, gets the bottle. He's like, there's only six of these. I've only tasted it once in my life. And this guy's 50 something. Okay. And his son comes back. They open it. And immediately- They open the bottle. They open the bottle in front of the crew. And immediately, and it's such a powerful moment. And you got to watch it. The dad shuts off from this. And he turns to his son. He's like- this is a perfect wine, and it's the only time you'll taste it. Mm. He goes, What tell me what you smell? It, it became a, a father-son. Yeah. This is fourth generation going to fifth generation. This is your heritage. Oh, and cool. I didn't know I was going to open it in front of you. Yeah. And now I'm doing it. Right. This is your shot of tasting it. Now we're digging in. And it is like the most power. There's so much. Ben Franklin, there's truth in it's wine. That's what
1: Generational.
0: He's, in that moment, yeah. like if you're not passionate, like in that moment, whatever you're passionate about. But I love wine. Yeah, and you're like, this is awesome. Like I don't know, but you got to watch Psalm two. We're we'll watching cool. together. Yeah, you don't I even like need that. to watch Psalm one. Just I like Psalm it. two. It's a pretty good thing. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much work and effort that goes into these
1: things. I mean, of course, there's also the commercialized oh, yeah. world. You know, the sure. big box wines,
0: yeah. whatever. But well, you're a big yellowtail guy. So. Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> I was over there the other night and I saw black box, yellow tail, and little penguin. I mean, I don't- Hey, this is when we were 24. Uh, I mean, a, this is from years ago. It's okay. I was gonna make a dartboard out of it. Everyone has to start somewhere, you know?
1: So, I so, sat next to a guy I told you, right? hundred million dollar fund. I was like, oh yeah, I have a hundred million dollar fund. He goes, oh, well, we all have to start somewhere. <laughs> I was
0: like, talk about putting me in the kitty seat. Appreciate well, that. I'll say this. This is definitely a green light for me purchase. I Nin- like this. $19, yep. French rose. Hot summer. H and B, the Cote de Provence. H and B. So. We'll
1: put a link probably down below
0: for you guys to go and shop online for it. Yeah. Again, no affiliates yet, but we're going. And by the way, I think we probably should say this. People drink responsibly. Oh, don't yeah. don't drink course. and drive no. and no underage drinking. Yeah. We probably should say that. I think so. Yeah. I mean I don't know if
1: it's on us, but I don't think so. Either. I think it's reasonable to reasonable. say. Yeah. I mean Also, we just went from dad life to no under so just be responsible. Be responsible. That's true. Don't be a dummy.
0: All right, let's go. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up with a couple of things. Let's talk about. Is there anything in the? My head has been buried in the sand right now because I've been I've had 20 people in my house. Yes, and a lot I've of visitors for five to seven weeks. It's been a. Is there anything that we first of all good for you? Like yeah,
1: to be able to disconnect in that way or not disconnect, connect on the right things. Mm-hmm.
0: So what he was about to ask me is. What about world events? Anything Anything, standing out? I don't read the news. No, Uh, me neither. You know, Thomas Jefferson said he didn't make a habit of it. I stopped it in 2006. I don't read the paper. Because people will tell you if something big happens. And now social media, you kind of get the headlines. So catch me. Is there anything we should talk about, know about? I mean, honestly, in the last two weeks, I've been head down as well.
1: So nothing crazy, I guess. Maybe something funny and weird is that they found a bag of cocaine at the White House last week. That is The memes and the Twitter. (laughs) I mean, again, the internet wins. It is. I just, you know, I think, how do you, I know I went to visit the White House when I was in sixth grade. I remember walking through metal detectors. I remember like, it's pretty well secured, right? The president of the United States is there. So I would just, I think it's interesting, if nothing else, that drugs Illegal drugs found their way. And it was funny because the way that they reported on this was like, it's this stuff that you put in a nose before surgery. And it's like, yeah, if you mix cocaine with water, it becomes an anesthetic. I get that. (laughs) But are you saying that it wasn't the illegal drug cocaine? So, sure enough, it was. It was called out over the PBA system after the cops found it or whatever. Well, I don't know where. Infer it. From what you will, I just think as far as top stories go, that's been that's been taking the headlines recently. Well, I'll say I this. Do not, I do
0: not envy the press secretary no. in that White House right now. I saw one where I'll they just had her slowly shrink behind the, the, you know, whatever, the podium. That poor I, lady. I, look, everyone's political views, you know, aside, you know, I will say this. I'm pretty sure it's probably not the first time drugs have been in the White House. You can guarantee Uh, it. I mean, you know, so. You can guarantee it. I mean, I'm not a big Biden fan. But I'm not putting it on. I mean, this is, I mean, the stories I've heard. The debauchery uh, of the White House. The debaucheries of the White House. Exactly. I mean, look, it's it's crazy to think that Monica Lewinsky is probably 53 years old right now. That was just yesterday. Wow. Yeah, that was like a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And I, there's. Yeah.
1: But anyways. So, so I don't you know, there's not much in the way of world news that has crossed my mind. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously we have this war
0: going on and I knows. don't know if this is world news, but I will say there's a movie that's come out this week that I think is be a disruptor, was Sound of Freedom. So I didn't realize, but it did ten million so it's, in like the It's first not supported pre, it's
1: yeah. pre sales, yeah. which was more than there was another big movie that came out the same weekend.
0: Well, this came out on the fourth. It was on the fourth. So same three days same ago. thing. It
1: was seven million was the next yeah. pre-sale. And then 10 million
0: hasn't been carried
1: by major no. media outlets. And, I mean,
0: Hollywood's not supporting this. It's about the, you know, child human trafficking, trafficking. Sex, sex mm-hmm. trafficking, human trafficking, and Jim, you know, Kabizles in it. And there's definitely a faith-based component. And I believe it's based He's on a, a strong believer. And I think it's based on a true story. I'm not sure in yep. the late 70s, early 80s, but I believe so. But I am thankful that these are getting out and, yeah. getting, and getting produced. I yeah. mean, you know, I Hollywood's think, had a stigma about it mm-hmm. and who is in control of that. I mean, let's leave it at that and, you know, what they will and won't produce. And, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, but I'm glad was, that
1: there's more independent producers that are funding and yep. finding and, yep. you know, putting these things out there. It's important to hear about. I didn't realize, like, what a big issue it was mm. until just a couple years ago. I mean, you're talking about... I'm teaching at a homeschool co-op locally, and they have some professionals come in to talk to us, uh, to us about what to look for in terms of kids and like how to handle situations. And I'm like, is this really that prevalent? And then you look into it, and it is it's, pretty prevalent. It's. I it's mean, it's really- Really scary. I mean, we were fortunate this year to fund a group that there was 15- So
0: let's back up. When you say we, is this is this through your donor advice fund? Is this through the business? Yeah, so the business okay. has a okay. donor
1: advice fund, and we donate to nonprofits. Okay. But we were fortunate to partner with this group. They called us up. They said, hey, there's 15 Ukrainian girls, probably 12 to 17, mm. in a basement of a home, right? They've been living there for months, but they're out of food and water. Very high probability these girls get trafficked because- They're close to the border. There's coyotes on the border, apparently, that are just offering safe passage to somewhere. And then they get caught into traffic. And they said, we have a team of four or six X special forces guys that are going to go in and grab these girls and bring them to a halfway house. We need X number of dollars. And we were like, we were fortunate enough to be able to have that in the donor advised fund. We sent the wire. Two days later, we get pictures with all the girls' faces blurred out. Yeah of them safely at the halfway house.
0: That's amazing.
1: And it like warmed my heart to know that we could be a small part of that and to know that you aren't even making a dent in the problem yet. That's, I mean, as dads of girls, Mm. like it's just such a scary thing to think about. And it's pretty prevalent. I mean, yeah. I heard that there's like significant trafficking going on at the Super Bowl, yeah. Because a bunch of people are there spending money, yeah. or like any of these Formula yeah. One races, or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's just these. So
0: anyway, anything that we can do to get the word out. Well, that makes me excited this about this movie. movie like, yeah. I'm excited about, and I haven't seen it. Kim, my wife Kim, and I want to watch it. So, and been out of town with this golf. It sounds tournament. like a double date when she gets back. Maybe. All right. It's a maybe. It's a maybe, mean, folks. I, we might won't be, commit. There's. I don't know. I, <laughs> i might cry and i'm not sure if we're there in our ship yet crying in front well, of you we will but be there i mean if we go there yeah exactly <laughs> I mean,
1: you can't get that, that there. door
0: <laughs> if we open that door all right let's wrap this up with two things okay, okay. I, I haven't we're gonna work on the name on this segment okay yeah i don't know i do this thing at, at dinner night with our, our highs and our lows so you know, oh yeah, I love and, that. Or you call and I don't want to. We'll share what, that with them real uh, quick. I mean, that's it's so, a great practice for I so think family, any family dinner. dinner too. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, how was your day to your child? Yeah. And they're like, oh, fine. But you want to stimulate conversation and you want to kind of maybe see what's going on with their heart, their mind. So we do this thing where we go around and say, Hey, you know, what's your low? Mm. And they open up about someone didn't say something nice, whatever it is. You don't have to address it then, yep, but it lets you in. And then we do something where, what's your high? And it shows you kind of where their mind is and that kind of stuff. And it's been great. I have a friend down the street that does the big yays and the big nays. Sure. And when I did have a bigger company, right now I'm a, a small company, we did our wins for the week. Right? Yeah. And we went around the table as a sales team and even as a development team. Started off, you know, after prayer saying that because it opens up a relationship and it opens up, you know, what the exposure of what's going on in someone's life. So one thing I think that I'd love to do, and we got to figure this out. I don't know if it's our aha moment or a big win. Yeah. You know, kind of a new term is the red pill moment, which I don't know if you're going to have that every week. But it's something where it's like your eyes are open. You have a aha, big win or something moment.
1: Yeah, I think so. We do something similar in the business, too. We do personal win, business win. Mm -hmm. Right? After prayer, we do the same thing. So personal win, business win. So it it kind of delineates what it is. I would say that this week, the red pill moment, the aha moment, the impactful moment has been really watching the kids grow with this puppy. It seems innocuous, but it's been really important for me to see them step up when they said they would. They're being true to their word. They're doing it when they don't like it. Like it's, it's shown me a lot of the character. Of each of the kids separately and in different ways, mm-hmm. and they're all working together towards a common goal, which I think is really cool too. So for me, it was just you know introducing something new. You never know how it's going to yeah. land. It's yeah. like this could be terrible, right? <laughs> I've done you, I've done things you, where it's gone really bad. You
0: still, might get a little dip. There's, I mean, in the, but, but it's right not now, a straight line been, trajectory. Yeah,
1: but been, this week, it's been really cool to see. The character of the kids show up and
0: well that's probably a, a testament to your intentionality you and grace previous to this but then applying that same yeah. lesson which that's that's good appreciate that that's awesome yeah so my aha moment i love movies we talk about this all the time right you and i oh yeah my wife is out of town which is A recipe for disaster for my sleep patterns because I will watch back-to-back-to-back movies. I mean, starting at eight o'clock at night, all of a sudden it's two in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning,
1: you're like, ah! I just, I love- I shouldn't turn this on. I'm a
0: video, audio visual (laughs) learner, and I just get invested. But, so I watched this movie the other night with Clint Eastwood called The Mule. Oh, yeah. Interesting movie, you know. He's a drug mule, right? He's carrying yeah, he's for a the old, cartel old man or something. Yeah, he's an man who's thrown his life away chasing. He was, a, he was a florist for these daylilies and lost his family. And that was an aha moment. It's still in very impactful. No. Yeah. Because he realizes at the end that he's done this and he's trying to make amends. But this was an aha moment. The credits. They show him in jail. Spoiler alert. At the end at 80, 90 years old, he's gardening. And Toby Keith starts singing a song. Okay. And the song is titled, Don't Let the Old Man In. It's two and a half minutes long. Okay. And it's movie credits. Okay. And I want to read this because I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah. So it says, Don't let the old man in. It says, keep your friends close. Love on your wife. I think it, I paraphrase but a toast the sunset with a glass of wine every night. And then he says this. He says, Don't let the old man in. But he goes, How old would you be if you didn't know the day you were born? And no, I was uh-huh. like, that line, he said, how old would you be if you didn't know the day you were born? And it's interesting, and I think the reason it hit me yeah. is 45 years old, Yeah, still young, but I've had 20, 25 years of taking care of myself, you know, and I'm starting to feel the effects of age but a lot of it is I've had a couple unfortunate injuries this year and I've just lost this motivation. I mean, normally it's five days a week in the gym and, yeah. you know, and it's, it was, it's like, okay, I'm feeling old, but is that self pity? Is that because I've, I've had injury, you know, all Grace that? calls it a doom spiral, right? <laughs> Cause uh, you get in your head about it and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to go do this. And, but I would, if you, so the interesting thing is I think last October, you and I, Went out to a leadership conference. If you asked me that question, how old do you think you would be yeah. if you didn't know the day you're born? I probably say I'm 35. Yeah. But the funny thing is, I feel 45 right now, which there's some lack of self-discipline, and some other things. But it was more convicting to me, and so I wrote it down, and then woke up the next morning. And I was kind of like the the aha moment is this is I don't believe in Measuring your life by the calendar year, meaning I sure. don't, I don't love setting goals on a January to have it. Yeah, I think we should always have things that we're looking forward to and setting goals stuff like that. Yeah. but there is some, you know, value in calendar. We're halfway through the year. Yeah, think about that. Mm-hmm. And on myself, I put on myself. I'm a big accomplishment person. Hmm. And after I wrote that, I wrote that down. I emailed it to myself because I knew I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah. And I read it the next morning. On my email. And I was like, I'm halfway through the year and what have I accomplished? And man, that laser right to the, I was like, all right, I got to, I don't know, but I've got something. I got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm excited about this podcast. No, it's good. But I think physically, I need to find a challenge, find something to look forward to. And I'm not talking about climbing Mount Everest. You know, for me, if I was to sign up for a golf tournament that, would, you know, to qualifier, that would give me in 90 days, I would buckle down. Yeah. You know, change my eating, sleeping, working out habits, you know, stretching, because that kind of stuff. So I've got to simmer on that a little bit. It That's me, good
1: though. It hit me. Yeah. I like the, how old would you be? I'm like, 28. Like, you don't right. feel
0: 28, son? Yeah. <laughs>
1: you better get to work.
0: <laughs> by the way, that song, I've watched it now a couple times and you can YouTube it because it shows clips from, yeah. you know, uh, and by the way, Clint Eastwood is old. He's so old. But he did a great job in this. But, He's such a rock star, too. But that song reminds me of another. There's Old age is, I'm not there. No. But I'm watching, my dad's 73 this year. No. I just went and visited my 98-year-old grandfather. So the brevity of life, old age. The, oh, it's real,
1: right? The Bible when, says that life is but a vapor.
0: Yeah. It's like, all right, so what am I doing with this vapor? But even moving through, you know, I was the son. You know, and as the generations passed... You move to the father. Right, yeah, yeah. Then you move to the uh, patriarch. You know, and you look at that line and that lineage and it's real. Oh yeah. So I mean, anything that reminds you of that is a good I mean, I just I think it's good to be reminded of it. Totally. You know, because you not to take the day for granted. I mean, yesterday at golf was so hot and you were playing so bad. I remember. I I I think I honestly, and I'm just thinking about this now. I might have wanted to quit. You there know? was a few shots where I was but, like, I'm but, just gonna be done. But I will say this. This happened the night before. Yep. I was choosing gratitude and like so thankful. It's my favorite course. Yeah. New friend and I'm introducing you to it. Yep. And I'm like, we can suffer the heat. Yeah, and I could put up with you shooting 200. You know, so <laughs> it wasn't quite that. Sorry, it was. It might have been. It was if the scorecard allowed it. It might have been. I can tell you, it was somewhere between 100 and 200. It was over 100. Yeah, which you've played. You shot 80 something the other day. I don't know where what happened. Anyways, I don't know what happened. But either. that was impactful for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was still just having fun out there, being grateful, appreciating yeah. the architecture, appreciating the views. And it all comes back to gratitude, right? I think even the life is but a vapor type quotes where it's like, man, we really have to focus on the stuff that's really good. And we live in a society that throws everything that's bad our way. It sells the news. Mm -hmm. You know, I I read this crazy statistic from a sociology guy who said like, if there was a gunshot or a baby saved, the news would go towards the gunshot because of the number Uh of views that it gets. Yeah. And it's like, is that our nature, or is that what's being fed to us? And being intentional about being grateful about how good life is, even when it's bad, is such a good lesson. It's a really good lesson. So yeah, remember that we're getting older. We're not gonna be here forever. I think those things are really good. That was
0: my, but I think it's gonna, Kim will get back in town hopefully later tonight but i think just the thought process of this next this weekend on kind of for me this is my go- i've got to put some i've got to put a challenge out there for me and give me a reason to well you know you yourself know, like you're yeah. goal
1: oriented so like having a challenge would make you stay focused and yeah. whatever i think it gets easy i mean complacency homeostasis is the killer of everything but it's where we want yeah. to be yeah right homeostasis is not moving forward not moving backward we always say this in the christian faith like if you're not growing you're dying you're not hey. in forward. You're, you're
0: like there Cha-say, is no neutral. Right? Religion, right? No neutral. I mean, you get busy living, living, or get, get busy, busy dying. Busy dying. <laughs> yeah. No, are right. You're the growth motor. Well, so you're not prepared for this. Okay. But one thing we're going to add is, and I kind of just did it, but we're going to have to. I'm going to. I want to do a quote of the week. Okay. I like that because. The memes and the stuff that come and and you get to see all these podcasts and there's such powerful stuff. And I've been sending them to my kids. Yeah. But I had a conversation today Mm. with someone about that movie and they sent me minute meme of Michael J. Fox. Mm. I'm not sure. I think it was Diane Sawyer interview, but just an interview. After he got sick? yes okay this is recent He's, yeah. you know struggling i'm not making fun of but you know he yeah, he yeah yeah and so what i want next time i want you to bring a quote i've got a quote that i like to share let's do it and it it's pretty awesome so he says with gratitude optimism Weird. is sustainable and he goes finding something you're grateful for and finding something to look forward to then you can carry on with gratitude optimism is sustainable i like that how powerful is that? I like that. I haven't even unpacked it because I got it today. Someone sent it to me today. And yeah. I'm like, but with gratitude, optimism is. And I mean, I even as I'm talking to you right now, the conversation I have with my son, JP. Yeah. Is he having an attitude of gratitude on the golf course? Yeah. And if so, then that optimism is sustainable. But he's been in a dark spot. Isn't it
1: amazing know? when you kind of peel the layers back? I mean, I, I had the fortune enough to meet Nick check. More no mm-hmm. arms, no legs mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago with David and Jason.
0: And like, uh, is he the guy that does, the, like, he stands up and like, doesn't stand up?
1: Yeah, no, he, <laughs> put, yeah, but, he's on a platform. Right.
0: He has, I've seen him jump in the a little water bit and of a swim, right? foot, he, like, but yeah. it's okay, but he's okay. no arms, yeah. no legs, right? He's
1: got four is he Australian? kids. Also,
0: he's Australian. Okay, okay, yeah, I know who you're
1: talking about. Yeah. I had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him mm-hmm. for a little bit, like 30, 40 minutes. Super sweet guy. Man, if that, doesn't reframe mm. your problems in life. I mean, this guy is like, and somebody asked him while I was there, he said, hey, don't you ever feel bad for yourself that you don't get to hug your wife? Mm. And he said, no, I have four kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, man, talk about perspective, right? Like you can make yourself feel one way or the other, just based but on what you it. focus on. What he just said was so good.
0: optimism with, op- I mean, with, with gratitude. Yeah. He was thankful, yes come, you can continue optimism. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna unpack that a little Sustainability
1: of optimism I think is so important because yeah. that's through highs and through lows.
0: And I mean, it goes back to joy which we were talking about before, so. And you don't wanna wish terrible things on yourself or on people. But I think of, I have a good friend whose father who is like a second father to me, he, you know, survived pancreatic cancer and, and it was in the three percentile. He did the Whipple, you know, uh, surgery. And that guy is never ending optimistic. Yeah he's just grateful to be alive and i think they have 17 or 22 grandkids you know amazing. but i mean i don't know if it's been 8 9 10 years ago 3% chance yeah and you know he's still here thriving as a you know realtor on the island and but so i think there's some perspective in that i don't hopefully we can gain it without having to go through something like that well but wisdom
1: isn't experiencing it and understanding it yourself wisdom yeah. is learning from other people's other. experiences so i think it's that important that we talk about it because yeah mortality's a thing we get hurt families i mean all these topics that we covered today i think
0: awesome for the first episode of off and wrong never and out we went down some rabbit holes we did and i'll tell you what i'm not sure i've never done a podcast how to wrap anything up but i do think we just say hey cheers yeah first podcast to you hey to you and to you there we go salute that's awesome Mm. that was fun I love it.
1: all right, if you made it this far of off and wrong, never in doubt, you probably like stupid banter between friends and maybe you'll tune in next time. if you think that your friends would find value in it as well, please feel free to like, share and subscribe. till next time.